What is going on, everybody? We are back for another episode of the ABJ Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Blackwell Jr. For episode 45, Dylan Mesh. This is going to be really fun. Um, I So since starting this journey of content creating and, and uh, uh, professional wrestling, I, I haven't had a lot of home roots come back and uh, kind of attach themselves to me in this business. And and uh, my guest here today, I, I've actually, we were at a show and we were talking. And he's like, I think I know you from somewhere. And we end up finding out we were from the same essentially high school and stuff like that. So it's going to be fun to uh, to talk about that kind of stuff. But uh, that'll be in a moment. I just want to get through some of our housekeeping stuff. If you check the links below, you'll find ways to support myself as well as my guests. There are uh, T-shirts, uh, Patreon available uh, ways to support the podcast. Um, I can't really get into it yet, but there is something really big coming for me. Uh, we'll say in about five months. So anything you can do for uh, buying a T-shirt will help fund that. Um, I'll, I'll talk more details when it gets a little closer. I don't want to shoot my shot yet in case something doesn't go through, but it's going to be pretty dope. Uh, I think we're going to make a special T-shirt for it as well, and all the funds for that are going to go towards that uh, We'll just say trip. Um, but uh, also what you guys can support is our sponsor to this podcast. Uh, the, the sponsor of the podcast is Elevation 1470. Uh, elevate your style with Frackville's brand 1470. For Elevation 1470 is a reinventing style bringing traditional and nostalgic apparel to the Frackville and surrounding areas of School County, Pennsylvania. They pride themselves in hometown heritage and community. Uh, you can find them at elevation1470.com for the latest traditional and nostalgic uh, styles and clothing of School County, Pennsylvania. So if you're from the area, they, they make a really cool Schuylkill Mall t-shirt and hoodie. Um, if you know, you know, they make a lot of really cool, like Skook inspired clothing. I, I, you know me, I love supporting my, my, my hometown area. So uh, they're a really cool sponsor. Go check out their website. That is also linked below. I think that's pretty much all I got. So um, yeah. So without further ado, let's bring in our today's guest, Dylan Mesh. What's going on, brother? Oh, you know, this and that. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Let's, let's get out of the way. Go Bears, right? Hell yeah. Yeah, go Hell Bears. Yeah. Golden Bears, baby. Well, actually, this blanket, you can't see it because my dog ruffled up, but it's like an old school, um, once again, Google Mall, uh, an old school uh, Google Valley Sports. Remember they used to sell those like throw blankets that you would like, uh -huh. take to a football game and they had one for every school? I still have a Monte Area Golden Bears one that I bought for some strange reason when it was going out of sale. So I, that's like a 20-year-old blanket still sits on my... <laughs> You, that's what you did whatever school you went to you went to the mall you bought the throw blanket you bought those weird like squishy like pad things so you could sit on so the metal on bleachers and yep. not have hemorrhoids by the end you threw the blanket over you because it was always freezing later on in the season and that was just what everybody did it was a beautiful tradition yeah and and we had a little bit of a hometown advantage being from on the area uh so our stadium was literally a rock throw. If you went to the one side of the stadium and threw a rock, you could throw it right into a sewage treatment plant. Oh so in a nice hot summer day when you're playing football, uh, the other teams would be dying and throwing up, and we would just be <laughs> seasoned veterans. We, you had to chew your air before you breathed it. It was crazy. It was so bad. Those games <laughs> were rough in the summer, and I ran track. So in the spring, like as soon as the weather started to get warm, it would rise up like from underneath that rubber track. And like the last thing that you want when you're like dying and you like need a breath is to like just take in a deep breath and just all you get is just crap. 
Yeah, just it was shit, the worst. But eating a shit sandwich while you're dying of air for real, man. But like, it toughened us up, so it's all good. Do you remember the track before the rubber track? Yeah, all oh, the gravel, just the, the gravel rock. Yeah, like you mm-hmm. fall on that track, you you need to go to the hospital. Yeah, and when I was still like as late as 2012, Shenandoah still had that, so that says a lot about them. Y'all can kick rocks. Yeah, good. Actually, I don't mind Shenandoah. I coached uh, soccer there for a long time, so I have a little soft spot for Shenandoah. Yeah, there's actually a lot of good people there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we, I I believe we met at Hamburg, uh, and I believe you came up to me and you're like, "Do you know who I am?" And I was like, "I'm not sure." And you're like, "You graduated Monte Area, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, so did I." And I was like. What's your last name? And then you told me. I don't. I don't want to give out your government name. You know, wrestling shoot, brother. But uh, but you told me, and I was just like, yeah. I, I said I I graduated with uh, with uh, that last name, mm-hmm. and and then we kind of put everything together. And so it is kind of dope, man. Like, even though we didn't connect through our years of living in that community, that we're both in the same industry, work for the same companies, but we still have the same roots of the five seven zero and 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 Monte area and under our belts. Yeah. So. The way I remember, and my memory is shot from being, you know, punched in the head all the time. But I remember meeting you first in Williamstown at the um, Williamstown, New Jersey, at the H two O Center in twenty one. Okay. Oh, which uh, that for... made it crazier for me because we were like, that's like three hours away from home, and we're yeah, just yeah, talking. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, you grew up where? And then we just started connecting all those dots. I was like, all right, well, that's absolutely insane. But I'll drop another one on you. So after I met you, and I just started telling you know, the few people that still talk to me um, back home about all that, just some of the old heads. What I realized, again, without having to give out names, my mom babysat your dad when he was but oh, a wow. young man. So, Jesus. yeah, the connection, the connection is... That is about as school county as you can get. Uh (laughs) Yeah, you were so to kind of break. I always try to tell people like our environment of what we grew up in. And and it's it's so different and vast and so strange. But it's just like if you didn't grow up in a small coal region town and puck and school county, Pennsylvania, you just can't explain that to anybody. But uh, yeah, everybody knew everybody. Um, you probably all dated the same girls. <laughs> you, uh, everybody knew what underwear you wore that day. If you were the kid that pisses pants in second grade, you were the kid who pisses pants your entire like that was your staple. Like you, like you graduating class was like what forty five kids. <laughs> like, like yeah, it was Somewhere around there. Yeah, it was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. No, that's exactly right. I've tried to explain it to people and they say that it sounds like something out of a Stephen King book, so I just usually I give up after that. But no, you're entirely right. It was everybody knew everything, everyone knew everyone and you got like all the good and bad out of that. It was a real double-edged sword, but yeah, I wouldn't have had it any other way, honestly. I'm oh, sure same feels- here. Same dude, I I that that have mentally and physically toughened me up growing school county Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Like like you, if if you grew up in this area and didn't get at least eight fist fights, I, you probably didn't live life properly. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh oh, and, and Caitlin here in the chat, 570 for life. I agree. Caitlin. Hell yeah. Uh actually, while we're uh, while we're uh you said you said you have some other weird fun facts about the area that you wanted to drop on me. Oh, the, the the babysitting one, that was the biggest one. Oh, that was at that, okay. Yeah, so, of all the weird connections that I've had with people back there, that's probably 
That's probably the strangest one. Yeah. Just people being like, Oh yeah, your mom babysitting. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so here, this is what, uh, if, if you guys are interested, I do, like I said, I do have merchandise, but, uh, I always try to keep my merchandise in the form of school County and honoring that uh, mm-hmm. you've seen, you've seen the license plate one, right? The keystone. Did you see this one? I did. I <laughs> dude, I popped so huge for that. I sent that to so if you've for ever the people seen listening audio later, it is a Gears Ice Tea container. If you don't know what Gears Ice Tea containers are, that is like our hometown drink. Like that is the nectar of the gods. Um, and then they even added something that's a little more the south of the mountain. There's a sticker on it. That's normally the paid sticker, but we put the I Heart ABJ sticker on there. Um, we it. didn't really have paid stickers in School County because no one you just walked in and grabbed one and then there's a variant did you see the variant no if you if you're going for chocolate milk please tell me it's a chocolate yeah (laughs) (laughs) it is the chocolate milk it's the best chocolate milk i've ever had in my life to this day like nothing nothing comes close i i fight with people all the time about uh that there's no better chocolate milk than gears chocolate milk and it's it's a fight everywhere i go but uh, i'm getting stickers made of those those cheer chocolate milks and and uh iced tea ones and just slapping them everywhere because i think when people like oh there's gears iced tea stickers and they go I'm like what the fuck's abj podcast and they're like oh it's a kid from area and then there's also the uh, 570 that's one. a classic yeah i love that to death so uh i do also have a uh a Lord Chesterfield ale logo coming very soon. Cause I love Yingling and I love Chetty. That's my favorite mm-hmm. beer. So that's also coming. So there are definitely more five, seven Oh inspired logos coming to the podcast. But uh, if you know, you know, uh, if you didn't drink chocolate milk at lunch, you were a loser. he <laughs> <laughs> has got it all figured out. ABJ chalky milk. Here it is. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a hot thing. Uh, so if you want a t-shirt of it, go grab it. <laughs> And it helps my trip come in a couple months. But yeah, I love, like I said, the 570, man. So I was the last graduating class. You never experienced uh, the, the, the school on the hill, unfortunately. No. Nope. Um, I was the last class to graduate out of that. And then we were the first class to enter the new school as, I believe, freshmen. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, That's I crazy. grew up. I grew up with that school being a bed factory. Like, so the the old mm-hmm. school was the elementary, and then we walked past a bed factory every day, and then the bed factory turned into the new school. Yeah, so I'm old enough to remember like being in in kindergarten. First of all, I remember being at recess and like the all like all the playground equ- equipment was like wooden and splintered, <laughs> yeah. and like even as a five year old, I'm like. This isn't even remotely safe, but I'm like, well, what the hell? Got to, you know, got to play. You got to hang out. But I yeah. do remember that, like, just a rundown factory being surrounded by a barbed wire fence. Right rusty, rusty fence. And, and, all, and all the fence kicked up this way. So if you ran by it, it would just cut your ankles off. Uh-huh. And I'm sure you <laughs> had this happen, too. Like, there were, like, four different occasions where somebody, like, kicked a ball up over the fence or something. I'm like, all right, well, that it's thing's gone. gone. It doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. Whatever. <laughs> It's gone forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if if the, the the requirements to be a nurse in Monte Area uh, Elementary School is can you can you give a headache tablet? Can you give Pepsid? And can you remove splinters? That was essentially all uh, that that nurse ever did. <laughs> Tetanus builds character. You are not wrong. Not wrong at all. Absolutely. But. But yeah, so let's let's rewind a little bit. Uh, we're yeah. already talking about our youth and 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 getting splinters and tetanus from the same thing. We're probably blood brothers and don't even know it because we probably shared the same blood of the rest of the Monte area kids of all uh, uh, bleeding all over that wooden playground equipment. But uh, 
when did you become a wrestling fan? How did it, how did, how did you, when did you get bit by the wrestling bug? So, I mean, I was born in, in 94. So like by the time I was old enough to like start like generating memories, like that five, six year old time frame, like it was the late nineties. And like wrestling was just part of the American conscience, you know, like it was everywhere. Like I knew everybody's like, I knew all the stars names, like without even really know, knowing what was going on. So I feel like I was just kind of born in like a very weird like time frame where even if you weren't a fan, like you knew everything, you know, you were there for all that. But like, I remember I didn't really like get into it and become like diehard until um, specifically Judgment Day 2002 WWF's pay-per-view was um, my, my parents were divorced and my dad had a weekend visitation and his way of just getting me to sit down and shut up and stay still was to buy the pay-per-views. And that, that was the first was one that, that he got. Cage, uh, Stone Cold Vince? No, that was, so that one, um, Judgment Day 2002 had Hell in a Cell in it, which is probably what you're thinking of, but it was, it was Jericho and Triple H. And I remember like they bled a lot and I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life, which probably explains a lot of my, um my tendencies now that I just kind of gravitate towards violence and all that. But like after that, like, I know I was absolutely obsessed. Yeah. The, uh, our school fun fact, going back to that and professional wrestling, uh, wrestling t-shirts and South park t-shirts were banned at money area. Cause either you had a South park t-shirt that was inappropriate or everybody in school was telling each other to suck it. And then that was that, 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 that cut everything off quick. They're like, yo, that's done. Get that out of here. So we weren't allowed to wear wrestling t-shirts. Yeah. Same. Hell yeah. T-shirts, stone cold t-shirts, attitude era stuff, all banned. Like no. that was the only thing they cared about. Yeah. We weren't another weird thing too. We weren't allowed to wear, we called them rock pants, but remember the Adidas track pants that buttoned off and you can just snap yes. them off. Yeah. If you were dumb enough to wear those at school, uh, you didn't have pants walking down the hallway because somebody would run up and grab one end and someone would grab the other and your pants would go off and you'd be standing in the hallway uh, with no pants on. That was, uh, <laughs> that was another money area trope. So go bears. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we were savages back in the day, man. It was, it was, I don't know how half the people aren't in jail. Um, how do you go? Pete said, my school band, one shirt, uh, a dude with no head holding a sign that said, we'll work for head. Yeah. Uh, Al Snow got a lot of kids detention too. Cause what everybody want uh, head was a chant that we used to do a lot as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So you w growing up watching who were, who were some people that you gravitated to that were like some of your favorites uh, when you watched? Um, Again, just because like I was like, as young as possible where like I could start like getting an impression of things like everybody who was on top. So like it was stone cold and the rock and Goldberg and Hogan. But I remember like, like triple H cause he would swing a sledgehammer at people. And again, just like, just like gravitating towards the violence of it all, because that's what they were all about. Like, like triple H was my guy. And then like when he like beat the dog shit out of Shawn Michaels and they started that feud and he turned heel, I didn't understand that because I was too young. So like yeah. I cheered for him from like 2002 to 2004, like when everybody hated him real bad, I still liked him because I didn't get it because he was still just swinging a sledgehammer at people and making them bleed. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's just really funny how sometimes like the lack of context in wrestling just kind of makes things better. But yeah, I always it, gravitated to heels too. I never got into the baby face. It, it was, it was so weird. It's like, I didn't understand like, oh, we're like not supposed to like him. Oh, that's like a terrible thing to do went right over my head again probably says a lot about me but him <laughs> him and like undertaker because like 
I don't know, just something about the way that they carried themselves just kind of really left an impression on me and really just kind of set the tone for the way I looked at everything like going forward. Yeah. When did you know, know that professional wrestling was going to be what you wanted to pursue? Honestly, so I told myself like in my childhood and even as like a teenager, I'm like, I wouldn't want to do that. Like, I'm fine just watching it. Like, that's that's crazy. Like, they are they live miserable lives, realistically. Like, they are <laughs> yeah. on the road. They are in constant pain. They do not get to see their families. Like, I want nothing to do with that. And then 2016 happened. So my father died unexpectedly. I had somebody who was a mother figure in my life die of cancer. And then I had to graduate from college and I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Like I basically just kind of felt like that, like the end of 2016 was like the apocalypse for me. And I was like, well, I can do something like super destructive or I can just kind of do something completely out there and just see if that changes things for me. I was like, I was like wrestling. And why not give that a shot? So yeah, I shot an email over to the ring of honor dojo and off we went. Yeah, well, you picked a you picked a fantastic school, by the way. Uh, if you're going to get into professional wrestling and you live in the Pennsylvania area, uh, Worldwide Dojo, uh, world famous CB Cheeseburger, whatever you want to call him, man, is a absolute class act in this business. He's absolutely fantastic at what he does. Uh, such such a nice human being, and 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 when you walk into that school, uh, I didn't realize what I was walking into right away because like growing up. I only watched WWE. I, mm-hmm. I didn't. I I would. I refused to watch anything else. Like when I went to a buddy's house during the Monday Night Wars, and he switched back and forth. I said, "If you change that data one more time, I'm going home. I'm never watching <laughs> with you again." Like I I refused to watch WCW, so yeah. I didn't know about ROH and the independent scene until much 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 later, um, way later, like probably like five six years ago. Um, and I just fell in love with it because the music scene, the independent music scene, was like my, my, became a really good thing. And then just independent anything, independent art wrestling and i was like this is a, it's yeah. just way better to consume but uh yeah so i we went to the school and i was kind of like, this is dope this is a cool little setup and then my buddy who who is, who is a wrestling guru was kind of like do you know where you are right now like <laughs> do you know whose office that was do you know who probably have walked through these halls and i was like who and then we then all the photos are there and you just kind of mm-hmm. walk around you're like holy shit this is wrestling history like if you're gonna do it you're doing it right by going to that place yeah so that what the this that same spot in Bristol, Pennsylvania, where where the Worldwide Dojo is now. Yeah, so that was the Ring of Honor Dojo, and it's basically like uh, nothing really. Le- the ring didn't leave the building. Most importantly, it's like basically all the same stuff. And yeah, Cheeseburger just basically like picked up like like almost like a seamless transition into doing his own thing. And he's one of like the rare people in the business that like. I've never heard a single bad thing about him. Never, like never. he has like everyone's respect and that's so rare, but it's because he does everything the right way. He just, he's like the most chill individual I've ever met in my life. And he treats everyone with respect. He is nothing but nice all the time. And so like he had everyone's like, he, he, he had everyone cheering for him, like to begin with going into it. And now he's just over the years, just cranked out so many good students that you see on the Indies now that like, like his work speaks for itself. Yeah. When, when someone like Jush and Thunder Liger is co-signing you, you've mm-hmm. done something right. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. Um, so uh, going into that school, uh, how did you, how, how was it transitioning from a fan to like, Oh, I'm taking my first bump and I'm getting ring ropes and I'm like, like all that stuff. How, how was that first, the, what we call the hell week, the first couple <laughs> weeks. 
Yeah. So it was pro- probably the same experience you've heard from everybody else. It's like, holy shit, what did I just get myself into? Like, I had always kept myself in like just kind of good shape to begin with. Cause like I said, like I did, I did track and cross country in high school. And then like I did ultimate Frisbee in, in college and stuff like that. So cardio wise, like I never lost that. I never lost that. And, um, like I'd done like weightlifting and stuff like that, but like nothing prepares you for being in the ring. Absolutely nothing. And the way that ring of honor did it was like, you had to go through like a month of like calisthenics and like just their like, delirious as hell version of yoga for like a (laughs) month before like you had to earn your way into the ring so that was what we did like we like we had to like work out on mats just doing like the craziest shit imaginable for a month before we were allowed to actually get in the ring and then yeah it's what you're describing like taking bumps and the the shock to the system that that is the first couple times hitting the ropes which uh ring of honor and the worldwide dojo those were cables so i remember like after the first day of learning that like the next day I had what looked like tiger stripes on my back, but they were black and blue marks from the ropes. So, yeah, man, it's like, I wouldn't call it like walking into like black and white into color like Dorothy did in Wizard of Oz. It's more like if somebody like kicked her in the back and like throw threw her out the door. That's more like what that was like. Uh, who are some of who are the some of the people in your initial class and are they still in the business? So we had six people in my starting class which they said was the most that they ever had. And that school was there since, what, 20, 2005, 2006? And I got there in 27, or January of 2017, so that's pretty crazy. But yeah. there, there were six of us total. Um, the only two of us that are actually left in the business are myself and Eli Ison. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, one of them. And then there's a third guy named, uh, we call him Sweet Sean, and he is still like he's still he's like a, a key part of the, of the worldwide dojo like anything production wise that you see like when we do captured lightning or we do live shows or anything like that like sean is helping out in some like very instrumental way so that's really it and then we had um there, there were a handful of students that came in like right before me that like weren't really in my class but like they were still like you know you still get that bond with them one of them being ryan mooney he oh, got there. I yeah. Love, I love him to death. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody does. I do too, I guess, when we're not beating the piss out of each other all over the continent. He is so goddamn entertaining. <laughs> oh, he's something. All right. The, 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 the shit that comes out of his mouth when he's like not in a ring, too. It's just, yeah. Well, the, the whole joke, the whole Camp Leapfrog joke was uh, he always begged for a belt. Give me a belt. Someone give me a belt. Give me a belt. So he comes out as a as a heel uh, uh, or a bad guy. If you know, just I don't know who's watching and who's you know smart to the terminology. Yeah. But he comes out uh, for Avery Good's last last match at the brewery, and uh, it, that was the first time too since Camp Leapfrog. Then there to kind of really see that Camp Leapfrog roster that you know I mean like that group of roster mm-hmm. like the high tension roster like that we like it's a family so we all kind of yeah. like went I went to that show and I was like seeing everybody again it was like it was so awesome seeing everybody but Mooney comes out and I'm kind of like front row and I'm like get him a belt and he just like is like flipping everybody off like not flipping them off but like being the bad guy and he turns around and goes yeah yeah get me a belt <laughs> <Get> me a- <laughs> um, another fun heckling moment that show is uh, Devontae's comes out. And uh, me and Devontae's bond over our fandom of Washington football. Uh, so uh, he's a bad guy. And everyone's like, boo. And I'm like, yeah, boo Devontae's. He loves the Eagles. And he just turns around and goes, fuck you. 
it's like i like i told him like i made fun of his mom like how dare you say i like the eagles <laughs> yeah he catches flack for that everywhere he goes but uh you know given his demeanor and his build um people don't usually follow up with that too much no I mean, no yeah you just run if he if he if he decides he's gonna get off yeah the he's not the guy um <laughs> uh, now how would you get like says being around since, as long as you have since 2017 have you ever have you ever like went to other schools to see how training goes or like dive into a um a seminar somewhere else or like essentially what i'm saying is some wrestlers would recommend trying different schools and, and mm -hmm. finding different things out would you are you in that camp or have you experienced that oh yeah yeah i've done i've gone to a bunch of different schools and i've done so many seminars over the years um i just i feel like there's definitely no right way to there's no one right way to do it you know so like everybody's a different perspective and a different way of trying stuff and the more that you can kind of take all that and just kind of add it on to what you're doing, that's when you really start to begin, begin to build something unique. Um, so like uh, early on, I spent a lot of time at the monster factory with Danny cage. It's a great place too. Yeah. Amazing school. Um, I spent a little bit of time at the, uh, at the wrestle factory um, with Jakara mm -hmm. when that was still there. Um, I've, I've spent some time when uh, the skid row Academy was still in i think that was westville new jersey so um yeah a handful of shows and then seminars just oh my god i've done so many just in like uh, i had a joke with uh with cheeseburger because like especially just for, for the worldwide dojo alone like he has grabbed so many people from like the the 2010s pwg roster and i was like can you just complete the collection because last year alone he did chris hero he had chris hero there he had Mike Bailey there. In years past, we had Chuck Taylor. And I was like, can you just like, just keep it rolling? Because, like, those guys were, like, those were my idols when I, you know, figured out I've, that indie wrestling was a thing. I've seen so many cool seminars. Um, one of – it's it sucks to say now because one, he recently had some allegations come out against him. But uh, one of my favorite seminars so – I used to go and just watch or help film or just kind of, like, as a commentator, just, like, pick like just listen because i mm -hmm. like i try to pull as much as i can um and and davy davy richard seminar he was essentially teaching kids how to like essentially stretch people out like he's like i'm gonna teach you how to look make a submission look good but if someone gets out of line here's how you can make it turn in you know what i mean I was, and, and that was a cool seminar uh doc gallows had an awesome seminar where he treated it as if like you were in WWE. like that was a cool one i seen um yeah, it, it's really neat to see those seminars kind of take place. And then there's some seminars you go to where they're just like, everyone gather on the ring and I'm going to talk to you for two hours. And we're never going to, you're never going to get in the ring. You're never going to do anything. It's just a, pretty much a conversation. Yeah. Um, and some of those are fine, I guess. But especially if you're talking to someone who has a lot of cool knowledge. But yeah, they're, they're really, they're really neat to see. And I can imagine who, who Cheeseburger brings in. Like you were saying, that's got to be insane. I remember Bryce was there the one time and, yeah I, I almost went because it was one of those seminars where it's like if you're a ref if you want to get into production if you want to get behind the scenes like this is a seminar for you and i was like i think i was booked that day but i wanted to go so bad because he's someone i met a couple times who's just like to pick his brain is unbelievable yeah i've tried to and i i love that how diverse that those seminars get and like again just people's philosophies and the, the way they want to go about things because like there are people who want to get in the ring and unless you have like a specific agenda in mind, sometimes they get so in the weeds that I'm like, all right, was this worth my was was this worth my time? 
And then yeah. some of them where I was like, they get super specific. And I was like, this is totally worth my time. And then there are some like Chris Hero where he talked for seven hours. And I was like, I could have sat here for another seven. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Ian Riccoboni actually did one just on promos. And like, uh, he's a guy that you, if you're a man, if I had to point like somebody like you in the direction of somebody like that, like I'd say, talk to Ian, good God. Cause yeah. he has learned so much so fast and he was like that like that one seminar just did a lot to uh point me in the right direction as far as like what i should be doing promo wise like when i came back to wrestling because i didn't wrestle through like all of 2020 and like Mm -hmm. half of 2021 so yeah just i'm always trying to get out there and learn uh, what, when was a moment for you in ring or maybe working with somebody or like you said a seminar where you felt like it really clicked for you as a talent um i would say you know like again there's like a there's like, like in the timeline it's kind of like when i first started and then like covid ruined everything for everyone that is not a story unique to me that is everyone yeah. and then like i'm just so distrusting of people that like i refuse to leave my place basically dylan stayed in razorback hollow until uh until he got vaccinated basically so yeah. um when i came back to actually like to camp leapfrog that was really my reintroduction back and everything in like 2021 like summer mm-hmm. summer of 2021 that was when it really i think that was when i uh, when i finally got my feet back under me at that point it was somewhere it was somewhere in that like late 21 time frame when i just i realized i was having a lot of fun and the matches were good. And it just like the, I don't know. I don't think there was like a specific point. If it was probably on like a drive home one night, I was like, damn, it's just, it's going all right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely for me, Leapfrog. So I, I started off just with like two promotions, uh, PPW and then the, the Sanctuary, just like commentary. Mm-hmm. And then Leapfrog, I really got to learn like, leapfrog i went there for a while and i didn't even do commentary i i was essentially the equipment who ran commentary like i helped with the cameras and i helped production i learned how to video edit like leapfrog for me was huge on how to do things behind the scenes and just make shows work and and learning the timing and helping people shoot promos and it was just such a it was i wish we can get back the pandemic sucked but I loved that clothes, no fans, just being with the talent and filming stuff like cinematically was so much fun. It was so cool. Yeah. Uh, so and if you have never watched Camp Leafrog, please head over to uh, the High Tension Wrestling Network uh, YouTube channel. It's Everything's there and it's all completely free. Go check it out. It's so much fucking fun. And there's matches on there that'll blow your socks off. It just, there really are the storylines. Some of the storylines that they started there are, I, I love it. It's like my favorite part time of wrestling. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I, I was so glad to have been, to have come back under those circumstances because like, uh, it wasn't like, it, I didn't want to be that person that was like, Oh, you were all putting in the hard work, you know, well, well, people were dying of COVID and stuff. And like, I'm just going to waltz back in now. Like I understood I was going to need to earn my way back into everything, but that's like, the, that's the skook in you though. You know, I, I, there's probably something to be said for that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, just, there's, I go about things a very old school way sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes to my detriment, but it's just, it's the only way I know. And they, but they really gave me like my, like they really opened the door for me to, to come back in and to just be a part of that environment and to contribute in any way. And like, I ended up with a handful of matches and I ended up um, in the, the camp athletic commission with 
Dr. Ethan Wild PhD. Which is probably one of my favorite stables uh, right now. Uh, yeah. Use three are absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, I uh, basically, yeah, I got hooked up with that and that transitioned into Wild LLC, which has just been so much fun. So yeah, it was just it, the, the timing on everything was just amazing. And I'm very thankful to have been a part of all that. I think like Anthony said, all of that is available on um, High Tension Wrestling's YouTube channel, and I do highly recommend going back and looking at all that because, like, yes, I don't. There's never been anything like it. Like, I'm trying to think. There's never been anything like Camp Leapfrog, and it's special. As, it's special. It's so yeah. much fun. And I, I think we've seen in the past, like the past ten years, I think, like as social media really started to blow up and stuff like that, and people could come together and discuss wrestling more. A lot of this stuff kind of gains interest, you know, like it kind of grows in interest as time goes on, you know, like, like there are wrestlers in like the mid nineties and nobody gave a damn about back then. Now you have people on Twitter going, he was a wrestling God. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think if in a couple of years, people are going to be doing that with camp league frog, they're going to look back and they're going to realize like how it contributed to the business, just as far as like the original ideas and the launching pad for so many special talents. And they're going to be talking the same way about it. I really do think that. Well, I think I think the smart wrestling fans who have launched like it's it sucks the way it ended, and it's horrible that you know when it, when you think about the promotion, you think of the negative things. But if you look at like the roster and who came out of the Chikara era and the Northeast Pennsylvania wrestling scene and and the hard work that was put into that and the character development, eighty five to ninety percent of what you're watching on professional wrestling, whether it be WWE or AEW, is all from there. It's mm-hmm. really, it's really ROH and and the Chikara and the Northeast wrestling scene uh, that are are mostly dominating what we're watching on television right now. And the people behind the scenes that are doing some cool shit all cut their teeth in that scene and cut their teeth doing that stuff. And and that next generation of the people who were trained by those people are essentially the people in Camp Leapfrog and are on the Northeast scene right now. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see that that timeline. Um, pretty much. Pretty much if you just go from, like, the death of ECW, it really just kind of, like, birthed, like, Ring of Honor and, like, CZW. Like, you took, like, the crazy technical people went to Ring of Honor and then the crazy, like, hardcore people went to CZW. And then they just kind of birthed this, like, brand new, just, like, crazy innovative style of wrestling. And then Chikara was there just, like, right alongside them, just, like, pushing everything forward. Mm -hmm. Um, It just... Which is all very cool. And the only thing I lament is the fact that, like, uh, that that created the, this, like, the, the Philadelphia, New Jersey area that I frequent so often was, like, such a hotbed at the time as a result. And that's no longer the case. <laughs> you know, we're, like. We're building it back, though. We're building yeah, it back we're, up. We're getting there. It's just, it's a real pain in the ass. It would have been nice for me to, again, again, it would have been nice for me to just waltz on in and just kind of reap those benefits. But life is not so easy. So I, I think, we are, I, think Mania, I think Mania Weekend is going to be a huge turning point. I think Philadelphia Mania Weekend. I think people mm-hmm. are going to see the high tensions and see some of that really hard independent work that's been putting in that people are putting in the scene. And I like every, you know every year you have that one or two talent during a showcase or a collective that get, they're given some opportunities and they showcase. 
And uh, I think that's going to be a huge thing for like, I love the collective this year because I don't know a lot of West coast wrestlers. Yeah. And I got to see a lot of people. I was like, Oh, these are really, really good. And then some of our Northeast people snuck in there. Like, like Darius Carter went in there and fucking tore it up. You know what I mean? Like oh, had yeah. a good weekend and, and stuff like that. So it's just like, I can't wait for mania weekend for, for people to really see the showcase of what's, what's out there in the Northeast wrestling scene. Again, I know like Massachusetts on down to like Virginia. It's just absolutely loaded with amazingly talented people yeah this is uh this this that whole corridor is just absolutely insane which uh you know it's it's one of those things that you know the old uh iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. type deal you know you want to be surrounded by uh, people who are going to make you better which i certainly have um that was a big part of why i really wanted to get trained by ring of honor to begin with because just, just to surround myself with like world-class talent and I did, and I learned from them, and I was taught very well. And then, like, I was thrown onto the indies, and I, again, you're just surrounded with like the best talent, like, in the country. It's so crazy, and it's such a daunting challenge. But like, it's one I haven't backed down from yet. I'd like to think I'm holding my own, um, but I'm certainly just I'm gonna keep working my ass off, and I'm gonna be right there yeah. when WrestleMania rolls into Philly. Well, I feel like with the stable right now that you're in with high tension, we'll kind of we'll plug that away because high tension wrestling is is our home essentially. Uh, Doctor Ethan Wild, Doctor Ethan Wild has been. Uh, I, I, when they had me the cards on ring announcing, I was like Ron Burgundy. I read whatever was there, <laughs> and I know better to say Doctor. And it actually worked because he got you. He rolled in the ring. You say Doctor, and then he rolled back out. I loved it. I love him to death. But uh, yeah, I don't know the, that that he always was a bright spot and I'm not throwing shade to anybody and it's all on me. This is not his, his words or anybody else's, but I felt like he's never really had that person that sits with him that enhances that stable or brings that stable out. And, and I really think you and Luca are doing a fantastic job of making that stable like really, really powerful. And you guys work, work rate in the ring is unbelievable. And I, I look forward to seeing that stable uh, when they're booked on cards and who you're going to put them against. And like, who put, like it, I, I generally look forward to it. Like it's, and I like, I like the fact that that stable is essentially keeping the idea. If camp leapfrog were to ever come back, like that's where this, that's the stable. If it's going to happen, that's a stable that's going to, it's going to revolve around. And I, I look forward to it. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, it's, it, it it's just it's crazy how like fast everything clicked too because like we really only started we we got we got put together for Christmas trios and we had a lot of time that day to uh, <laughs> get <them laughs> you know we did all four of we did all four of those matches and we got HTW chiming in right now actually yeah. oh thank singing you singing your praises oh, singing the praises yeah. HTW. The Chat's been amazing. If any of you have uh, any questions you want to throw out there, uh, please do. This is I, I like to make this, even though it is a live stream podcast, uh, I do like to let it be interactive. So if anybody has anything to chime in or questions, please, please put them in. And also uh, uh, for the person who subscribed, Nifty, thank you so much. Uh, we are on the quest of 1K. So if anyone shares this out or subscribes or hits that thumbs up button, I appreciate you guys to death. Yeah, yeah, please do. Please subscribe. But uh yeah, it's uh, we had a lot of time that day to get to know each other, and like we just we we all clicked like so fast. Me, me, and Ethan know each other from training at the Worldwide Dojo, anyway. Um, but that was definitely the closest capacity that we we've ever worked, and we had four matches that day. Mm-hmm. Like we did like that we did like that prelim match, and then we went all the way to the finals. So like 
we were just throwing stuff together and like working as hard as we could, like from like the moment we got there until like we rolled out of the ring after that finals match. And it was, it was just crazy how like the, the amount of chemistry that we had and like factions on the, on the Indies are hard, right? Factions on the Indies are so hard. Yeah, yes and no. Yes and no. Once again, we're spoiled on this scene when you have factions like, wild llc who i think you're making a really good start and then you have a faction who's part of the company and they travel and take storylines all over the place with the goons i think they're the blueprint if you're going to be an independent faction how to make yourself get over and work on your promos and put stuff on social media for people to give a shit about like oh, they are without yeah, a doubt they, they are legit the blueprint of how it's done and it just and they and they help each other get booked they they, they they're there for each other as a support a legit support system and they put to be, to, to, uh, together compelling storylines yeah, you have to be as good as them if you're going to make it work. Because, again, just going across the – like, if you're going to cross the Indies, like, if you're trying to take that act on the road, um, you know, people people ain't got too much money for uh, – you know, uh, too much money in the purse for a uh, book and talent. And if you tell them, hey, we got three or four guys rolling in and we all want to do something, sometimes they kind of, like, turn their nose up at you. Um, I, I'm really good friends with the guys in Primal Fear. I've known them since. Oh, I started they're great! Wrestling. So they good. Have, I have had. They've been one of. They've been my favorite trio like since I met them, and like I have so much respect for them because they will. They have not backed down from like trying to from like making that work. They mm -hmm. have not backed down from that. And if you talk to them, like they'll tell you, it's been such a pain in the ass to try to like get people to buy into what they are doing and it's starting to work. Like when they got into ring, like when they started getting on ring of honor TV, like people understood, but like, like the, their work is not done yet. But like, those are the examples I'm thinking of. Like you better be as good as people like that. And you better have something really special to offer mm -hmm. if you're going to make that work. But you know, somehow we, it's, it's really fallen into place for us too. I, I think, I think there's a handful of people out there that feel the same way you do about the group. And I'm super grateful for that because like we've had other people who like want to bring us in like, and do that. Like, um, Orochi pro, which is just getting off the ground. Like they just put up a graphic the other day. They had all three of us on there mm -hmm. wild LLC, you know, like that's a thing. And yeah, we didn't, uh, we didn't ask them to do that. They just did it. So I think um, you're very cool. you're very versatile too, where you guys can go out and do a complete comedy funny spoof bit, or you can go out there and show your work rate and show you guys are wrestlers and and show that side of you too. I think you're very versatile and you can be booked against any any style of ret worker and and put on a solid match. Uh, we do have uh, a, a comment. Uh, Steve says I may have missed it, but I always enjoy hearing Dylan's thoughts on his match with Delirious. I mean, if uh, if you want to tell <laughs> Delirious, I'll listen to any Delirious story that's out there. Well, he's a he's a nut. Oh my God! Well, also thank yeah, you to Caitlin. He was the he so yeah. Delirious was the head honcho. He was the head trainer when, um, I, when I started there, and as busy as he was, you know, with running, doing everything for Ring of Honor and Ring of Honor TV, doing everything, he was still there so often, like through my training. Um, the guy just like eats, sleeps, and breathes wrestling, man. I get to meet him. The one show I was supposed to meet him, I the there was two companies that I worked for, and they were booked the same day, and I was needed more on the one that he wasn't on, and I'm bummed because he worked header, and I was like, oh man, I really wanted to see that match. Here's the thing, man. If you think it, if you think that what you see like in the ring is enigmatic, it's really not that different from like uh, when he's out of the ring. He's like, 
I'm not kidding. He's like a real life Gandalf. Like he <laughs> appears places. Like I won't. I never see him walk through the door. He's just there, and then I'll turn around and he's just gone. Yeah. Like so. <laughs> I've had that. So I kind of had that. I don't know if looming over me is the right term. But that's how it felt the whole time. Like as I started to get better. And I was like, all right, well, I think I'm ready for a match with this dude. Like, especially, you know, as I started picking up steam, like, towards, like, the middle, early end of last year. And then I finally got the match. Um, the cheeseburger had, like, a live show at the, at the Worldwide Dojo, and he made it happen. I was like, no, I'm ready for this. I've been ready for this for five years now. Where, where can people see that? Is that available? That is on the Worldwide, the Worldwide Dojo's um, YouTube page. And then I enjoyed it so much because of the result that I actually took the snippet of the match and I put it on my own YouTube channel. So if you look up Dylan Mesh, I have my own YouTube channel, which has like my promos on it and that match. But um, I did come away with a victory in that. And um, he can't take that from me. Nobody can take that from me. And that's why I plaster it everywhere in case anybody tries to take it from me. I put it on one of my dress shirts that I have in the other room that I occasionally wear to shows just so nobody forgets. Um, I, I'd be delirious. Uh-huh. I have, <laughs> I have, I have um, you know, you know, the crusher. Um, yeah. Also oh, from I, yeah. Amazing. So the crusher also does um, crushers all working on another shirt for me, just in case something happens to that one. I have a backup. I have it on my Twitter page. Um, crush is another I, one that I think, uh, that people don't know enough that what they do behind the scenes of wrestling, like they, mm -hmm. you know, most people see what happens in the ring with a lot of talent. And then people don't know of like the crusher and Kaya McKenna of like when they're not only booked for a promotion or a company, what they're doing behind the scenes to make like with graphics or, mm -hmm. you know, crusher made the belts for camp leap for like, yep. you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Just like unsung heroes of the business. Like I love, like, I guess coming from that production standpoint, uh, it, it like every show I go to, like the people tearing up the ring and breaking down and setting it up. Like I always go up and be like, "Oh, thank you." Like <laughs> you're you're doing God's work. Mm -hmm. Like that's the stuff that people don't really take a lot of consideration to. And referees too. Uh, referees are another one. Like oh, yeah. they, they they kill the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, if anybody has watched Camp Leapfrog, the the incredibly unique wooden um, championship belts, those Big were wood. made by Crusher. Yeah. Um, they are the coolest things in the world. Wish we could have taken them off the damn outfielders, but whatever. Um, maybe somewhere down the road. But yeah, um, and Crusher's done like how much work for me now, and that's probably going to continue. But uh, yeah, it's it, we're surrounded by so many talented people, man. It's yeah. So so now that we're, we're kind of you know a couple months into the new year and and things are kind of like picking up, and mm -hmm. I know. Technically, the pandemic may have ended a year, but it feels like now is when it's really like this year has been the the, the rebirth of everything. Uh, who are some names out there? Are some opportunities? Are some promotions that you would love to work for or work people that you want to work against? Oh goodness, you know I've really I've always been the kind of person that like uh, like my entire life I've just kind of been like, eh, I'm down for anything, you know? So like mm -hmm. anytime, like any opportunity that has been thrown my way, like I've just like perked up and just like dove head first into it. Um, I'm really focused and I don't know why, but like I have this huge goal of like, I have not worked in New York yet, like New, like NYC or upstate, like either one. And I'm like, I need to work in New York. 
I need that's actually that's actually happening for me as well yeah in a couple of months yeah I got booked for a show in Long Island I've never worked New York either I'll talk to you later about that so yeah, yeah. I mean I'll tell you what promotion it is if, if you uh, want to go for a ride it's a Thursday night we're going to uh wrestling is now the SAT and Paul Laurie's promotion oh okay Oh, you know, and I, think, <laughs> I think one of them just talked to me the other day. So yeah, you know, well, um, yeah. Dude, like, I just watched. I just watched Deshaun, Lindsay, yeah. and Boom Harden versus Miracle Gener Miracle Miracle Generation and uh, Ichiban versus SAT in a triple uh, Lucha Rules tag match. Oh, it was it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh goodness! You know what? Ichiban Ichiban's one of them because what a lot of people don't know is I've known that kid since he was in high school. I knew him way before he put on that mask. If you tell and, me Ichiban's from like North Google, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's from he's from the New England area, so he's in. He we, you talk about walking into wrestling and being in the perfect spot. That's him, um, yeah. Ichiban. And he's such a good kid. Um, he had he has Ooh. ten times the athletic ability that I do, and he has for quite some time. Dude, so Ichiban like, and Lindsay when they had that one on one spot a couple times yeah. in the match, I was like, this is everything I wanted and more. But uh, there you go, yeah. Ichiban yeah, versus Mashman. Make it to give him a call. Give his ass <laughs> a call. Tell him put your finger down. Use it to dial my number and let's make something happen. Pay um, attention if you're watching. That's there's a match right there. Give it to me. Yeah, yeah. for real. Give it to me. Yeah. Uh, ran, he, random send the chat. What did Tajiri do? What did uh, you know? People have been asking that for so long, but oh, Tajiri. Oh, he still wrestles, right? Tajiri might be another. Bro, if I can be in the same room or call a Tajiri match. I would pop. He's been always one. You know, I am a sucker. There's one There's one thing in professional wrestling, if anyone ever does it, I'm an absolute sucker for. And that's when I fell in love with Masha, when she wrestled uh, uh, Edith in the Soviet death match, and she, oh. pulled out a, and she pulled out a poison mist. Fucking forget. Dude, I love poison mist. Uh, it's the best. And the buzzsaw kick has always been my finishing move in every wrestling video game. <laughs> I love he is, the buzz kick. He's so cool. And he's like another guy. If you want an example of just looking at somebody like like nobody ever like if you say like nobody ever did it like him, like that's a really good example. Like if you have a career like him where just like everything that you do is just so uniquely you, like yeah, you were a success. Um I, I you know what? A very uh, a, a real goal of mine is I really want to wrestle and I, he better not retire before uh, I get a chance to. I want to wrestle Jinsei Shinzaki. Um, known as Hakushi when mm -hmm. he was in the WWF in, in the mid nineties. Um, when I had uh, during lockdown, like when I was just sitting there, just watching, <laughs> just watching wrestling and just doing <laughs> nothing else, man. Like I just, I like fell in love with the guy's style. And again, just the way that he carried himself. And I was like, why have people, why have not more people not talked about him? Um, probably cause he was hanging out with Hayabusa who like was an icon, but uh, I don't know. Like, it's just like the, he's like the guy where I'm like, it needs to happen. You know, mm -hmm. it needs to happen. Uh, talking about putting on, on mass, ask Dylan about how he went from a skinny little twig to the, to who ran uh, XC ran, to yeah. the beefy man you're speaking as before you. Hey, yeah. You go. Oh my God. Um, I will say you are I, without saying the full government last name, you built like a mesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh that really ran in the, yeah. The genetics were not, yeah on our side and in a couple ways that we're doing all right, but not as far as the frame goes. No, not really built for wrestling. Um, 
Yeah, just we. I, I had such a fast metabolism growing up. I still do, but like, like I said, I wish I'd I get like mine a, back. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to yeah, be skinny in great it. shape. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to happen to me. We'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But like, like I said, like I I ran crack, I ran cross country and I ran track and like that was my thing. So like that was perfect for the way that I was built. But then like when I was still like in college, like back home. I was like, well, it's winter time and like it's like negative three all the time and this blows and like I'm not going outside. I was like, what else can I do to physically challenge myself? I was like, hit the weights, go to the gym. Yeah. So like I started that in like 2014 and then like, I don't know, just could, just kept at it. You know, it's like anything else, just kept at it. And um, I was, I think I've put on, I was 135 140 pounds since then and i'm now 192 so i have put on 50 pounds of muscle that's awesome good for you man then. so yeah. yeah like if you're out there and you feel like you know you're built the same way if you like in a way that you don't think you can like you know put on any kind of mass not that i'm the biggest dude in the world but I, the scale don't lie you know yeah um, like, you know who else is cool. like in that in that built that that's that bolt right now where he went from like a really scrawny kid to now he's like killing it uh i always say it uh jordan oliver that kid oh my just God. transformed himself he's gonna oh be on tv God. soon he's he's so fucking good yeah he's a phenom i was on um I was he's on the indie sean he's the independent sean michaels he's gonna For be real. A big, he's gonna be a big deal i was on a handful of um czw dojo wars with him and one he's the nicest kid in the world um mm -hmm. he just he, he loves being around wrestling deceptively tall too i'm yeah. six foot and he's like six one yeah and just yeah man like all he's ever wanted to do was wrestle all he's done is applied himself and it's just he, he's one of those people that like i see him succeeding and i'm like good for him good yeah. for him him and everybody him and all those kids and young young dumb and broke are great stable yeah they're they're great they're great Mm -hmm. uh here's a quick question going kind of going back to our roots of the 570 school county do you remember when now maybe not some of them because i was really young when they happened i know there's a little bit of age gap between this but do you remember when we used to have wrestling matches in the high school at the old school high school did you ever go to any of those no the closest that i ever heard happening to us was at lakeside ballroom in barnesville oh yeah yeah and i think some venue in hazelton and I could never get anybody to take me. Yeah, but we in Monte area, uh, we had a we had a show one time where Papa Shango was there, Doink the Clown, Hacksaw <laughs> Jim Duggan, and King Kong Bundy were all in Monte area high school. Oh my god! And then I hung out with King Kong Bundy at the West End Fire Company because my dad's a firefighter, and I literally hung out and like wrestled like as a young kid king kong bundy for like two hours in, in the in the engine room of the firehouse like it was the coolest thing that ever happened to me so your dad uh, was west end my dad was well at the time he was a humane but okay. they're all buddies with each other so i was like it, he kind of something that happened and then shenado had a had a match uh one time and jim the anvil nightheart was there tito santana bam bam bigelow but he wasn't calling himself bam bam at the time because he was just about to i think go over mm -hmm. and uh they had a no holds barred false count anywhere steel cage match between abdul the butcher and terry funk what? and they bled everywhere and we never had wrestling ever again in the first <laughs> <seven>, no. <laughs> man people I, were I, horrified but, they were horrified but i believe it because you go back to like the roots of the like the wwf and like 
they ran like all over the Northeast to the point where like, like those smaller towns, like in PA, like they were everywhere. I remember Mm -hmm. like I saw an indie show in Scranton in like 2014 and they had Bret Hart there. And he talked about how like he wished that WWE still like ran there. And I was like, here in Scranton. Yeah. Okay. But like, yeah, it was a thing. So I believe it, man. That's crazy though. (laughs) Uh, Soho Wars, do you do you know Gabe Sky or the Slime Balls? Gabe Sky, so Gabriel Sky. Um, I wrestled him. So Dojo the one Wars, and only not Soho Wars. Yeah. yeah. So the one and only um, appearance that I made uh, for Beyond Wrestling, I wrestled Gabe Sky, and that was incredible. I knew right away he was a like you know he was a, a badass wrestler as well. Um, he was a guy that really benefited from working his ass off uh, all through 2020 and you're seeing a payoff now because he's all over the place, but I run into him all the time. And like, that's another one. If we had that, if we had that match again, it would be like, that was a good match. Like the first time it would be. So it would be off the chain. Beyond's a great company to watch. I, I, I like watching them on IWTV. Oh, they're great. Um, yeah. Drew who, who runs it just like is so dialed in on what he wants to do and what he wants the promotion to be, and what he thinks indie wrestling should be, good or bad, whether anybody, like, agrees with it or not. Like, the, the idea that he knows what he wants, like, it's just I have so much respect for it, and I think that's why it works as well as it does. So, yeah, yeah. no, they're, they're a, a great watch every time. Uh, and do you know the Slime Balls? No, never met them. They are they're a fun tag team. Uh, really fun. Definitely check them out. Uh, Dylan and I saw Snitsky at a Panther Valley High School sometime in t- early 2010, and that was the last match I remember in the 570. He's actually a really cool dude. He well, I see him all the time. He's always at local block parties, and because he has a business in Hamburg, I he's yeah. he's in better shape now than he was when he's in WWE. I saw, dude, and his yeah. beard is like, like overly yeah, powerful. Like I've never seen anything like that in my life, but. Yeah, so um, the one time we were back home, and I don't remember what year that was, but we went to a Panther Valley football game where he was there at a stand, and I was like, you still wrestle? He's like, yeah, I have a show over at the high school like tomorrow. I was like, I'll be there. Yeah. And I, I, I want to go and see if like if the, the card is on cage match or something because I don't remember. Like I think the only talent that I remember being there other than Snitsky was like Lance Anawai. Yeah, and well, he works a lot now with Alpha Junior up at uh, uh, Broadheadsville. That's what I thought. I figured yeah. as much. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember it being a really fun show. Uh, but I just seen him a couple weekends ago, and I said, like, he's like, oh, how's the content going and stuff? like? I should reach out and have him on the podcast. But I, I always get a, like, I don't know, I, I, I suck at asking people to do <laughs> this. I'm that's the worst part about this. I'm lucky enough that I'm booked for the next three months, but, like, that's my that's my only thing I got to get better at. But uh, I said, dude, we just did a review show because we do the podcast, and then we mm-hmm. do, like, we, we do like the history of, or we go back and watch an old show and review it. And we reviewed like WrestleMania. Like we inserted a random generator and it gave us like WrestleMania, I think 29. And that's when Booker, Booker T and the boogeyman wrestled. But before the match, Nitsky's like sucking on May Young's toes backstage. And I and I asked him about it. He goes, that wasn't even in the plans. I was just supposed to like be just rubbing her feet. And she literally is right before the camera goes, she goes, you know, you're going to suck those toes, boy. And he goes, yes, I am, ma'am. And he said he put them right in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's that's his thing, man. That ain't, that ain't for TV, man. Like, feeder mm-hmm. his thing. You know, I, all the all the power to him. All the power to him. Yeah, he's a fun. He's a funny dude. Yeah, I 
some of that some of that backstage stuff you hear about just fucking insane but yeah he's he's something else do you ever see his pro wrestling tea merchandise no it's really fucking good uh he has uh what is it it says like gene snitsky law form uh it because here at our law firm, it's never your fault, and it's oh. like, a ba- and then the one side of the scale is a baby. Uh, the other one's oh like Gene Snitsky babysitting services or something like that. Like he has all these oh really God. funny adult, uh, I mean, like adult but pro wrestling t-shirts. Uh, you should definitely check out. It's really really funny. Um, I just want to point out the uh, for the first second of the stream was going live. Dylan saying hemorrhoids, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yep. we gotta have that's it is what it is. Sometimes. School County bleachers, baby. <laughs> well we are we are coming to that hour mark if anyone has any last questions please get them in there i'd love to, I, uh, i'd love to have you interact everyone who joined in and, and hung out thank you so much uh dylan thank you for doing this man it was a blast the door is always open for you to come back and do this again we can talk about other you know everything else uh, if you want to join us for other content i always i do the movie reviews or music or comic book or whatever you're into we can do that as well um but yeah, man, I'm really happy we 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 linked up on the scene. Uh, you're doing a great job, man. Like I said, I think the stable is really cool. I can't wait to, for it to keep blowing up. And I think you have two people around you in that stable that uh, I'm real. I'm a fan of watching them wrestle, and that's Ethan and and uh, and and Luca. I think they're very good. So yeah, hey, thanks for having me. No, this was this was awesome. Um, if anybody ever has any questions for me, I'm a shameless individual. I'll answer just about anything. Um, I'm on Twitter at Dylan Mesh. Um, I'm on Instagram at Dylan underscore mesh. And then I have shirts like this one at um, brainbustertees.com. Just type my name in the search bar. You'll see some stuff there. We should do so. a shirt trade. I'll, yeah. I'll, order, I'll order one of the shirts from my site and then you order one and we'll, we'll shirt trade next show. Okay. Yeah. I like doing that. Like, you know how football players change jerseys? Mm-hmm. Shirt trades. Like I, I think that's a lot of fun. I think more people should do that. But that, let, let me know what size and what uh, what shirt you want and color wise. Maybe get a cho- you get a chocolate milk shirt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and next, and are are you still in the school? Like, where are you staying at now? Without giving away your exact location. Listen, Razorback Hollow is close enough to the school where I can get everything done, and it's close enough to back home where something needs to be done it will be let me just put it that way so all right so next show i'm bringing you i'm bringing you some some school county gold maybe some iced teas and some chocolate milks and we'll hook you up hell yeah all right brother well thank you guys so much for hanging out uh we'll give it a couple more seconds here if you guys want to get anything in please make sure you check the links below for my guests as well as ways you can support and uh, through the podcast thank you everyone who, who, who joined in and subscribed new to the channel uh, a lot more content coming uh next week interview wise we have um rembrandt another of uh, really fun talent if you want to check out that Ooh. interview then after that daniel alexander um so a lot a lot more stuff coming i am booked currently from may through april uh this is not just pizza place is the only reason he wants to go back to the school oh in frackville pizza place my favorite dude oh, that's my favorite food on the planet man they the sweet oh sauce pizza they have my that sweet sauce pizza they have my heart oh all right good to know I mean, it might not be fresh, but I can bring you like. I don't care. All right, I, I got care. you. I love Pizza Place as well. I I live like two blocks from it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't always just want to do um, professional wrestling interviews. I love professional wrestling interviews. That's the industry I'm in. That's a, I'm I'm doing a lot of that. But I'm interested in anybody, man. If I I love hearing the behind the scenes of any field or any work or anything like that, and I'm not afraid of any conversation. I know at one point I was going to uh, interview OnlyFans people. Like I, I'm interested in any topic, music, art. Uh, 
small businesses, if you had an experience that you went through and you want people to know about it, this platform is open for everybody. Uh, it's under if you search under the podcast platforms, ABJ podcast, it's labeled under personal journals, because when you come on this podcast, this is a chapter of your life that you can go back and check out and then see how much you evolved over the years. And I want to keep uh, keep that going. So thank you all so much for checking it out. 50 or 45 episodes in since October. It's crazy. Crazy. The push, the grind is real. But uh, yeah, the door's always open, Dylan. You ever want to come back? And I can't wait to see you uh, very soon between uh, these all these promotions in the area. I think BYO, what is it called? The, the BYO Wrestling. BYO Wrestling was coming up soon. High Tension's coming up soon. Smash Master's coming up soon. So we'll see each other around. Absolutely. I will see you down the road for sure. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. And uh, closing music by the Converse Kid, whose links are below as well. If you want some independent wrestling music or music for your podcast or live streams, the kid's talented. Every instrument you're hearing is all him. So hit him up. He's from the Skook as well. See you next time. We're out of here.